0: Welcome to the Enthusiast Gaming Podcast, where today we're going to be discussing Game of the Year. Yes, everybody, it's that time of year. However, we're not talking about 2022. We're talking about 1992. That's how we do things around here. What was the Game of the Year in 1992? So we're going to discuss some heavy hitters from different consoles available at the time. We'll have another category for some random stuff also. And just so you guys know. You can really help us out by supporting us over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nerdthusiast. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. Um, At the $5 tier, you guys start getting early ad-free access to all of our shows. You can get uh, shout-outs like Malibix. Thank you for supporting us this
1: month, Malibix. We definitely appreciate your support. Yes, thank you so much. Truly appreciate it.
0: You guys can also follow us on social media at Nerdthusiast. We are on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all those things. We do have a hive, haven't really put any effort into that yet, so coming soon? Question mark. We'll see if Twitter falls apart. <laughs> Let's not mess around anymore. The top rating right of things this month. We have a lot to go over. The back half of the show, just so you guys know, is going to be covering some retro game prices uh, if you're listening on audio feeds. On YouTube, we're going to chop this all up so it'll all make sense to you as you see it. But the last part is going to be over retro game prices and where they're at, leaving 2022 and entering 2023. Now, the first segment we have is about the SNES in 1992, where we picked three titles from this that were standouts to us that we need to mention. Wes, I'm going to let you take the first one.
1: All right, man. 1992. It's like 30 years ago. but I can remember it like it was yesterday. It
0: is. It's oh, 30 years, These <laughs> games are all 30 years or older, the exception years. of maybe if one or two that may have come out in December of 1992. Yeah, man. By the time like, you're hearing this, they
1: will all be at least 30 years old. It's <laughs> got that Twilight Zone thing going on, going back in time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the, the Super Nintendo 1992 was a, was a big, big year for them. Big year, because they had probably the biggest title released on their platform, which was Street Fighter 2. You know, we talked about Street Fighter 2 several times, you know, talking about arcade ports uh, on our, one of our videos. Street Fighter 2 was huge. Huge, huge.
0: I mean, it was massive in the arcades, and then, you know, everybody was dying to get them on a home console. We didn't know how the ports would translate. Uh, Obviously, ended up being better on SNES, at least at first. Genesis got, you know, a version out on theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, They ended up releasing a six-button controller, which, of course, was necessary. But this was a big win for SNES, getting Street Fighter on their platform, and it played best on snes for sure
1: yeah man and then we had uh legend of zelda linked to the past i another mean another huge popular title man
0: when you talk zelda most people say their favorite one is linked to the past ocarina of time sometimes you hear wind Waker, but usually it's ocarina of time or Link to the past
1: Link to the past comes up in a lot of conversation.
0: It certainly does. I love Link to the past, but Ocarina of Time in my <laughs> heart, man. Like Ocarina of Time is like that's one of the few games. I I don't know how many times I beat that game, Wes, and I can't say that about hardly anything. I hardly ever replay a game, and I've probably replayed that game at least five times. Wow.
1: Okay. I'm it's so good. Through. I was trying to get through it once, and I was good. <laughs>
0: Except the water, tem- everything is great except the water temple. That shit was so confusing. Even when you know how to beat it, I'm still like going back and like, what, what switch do I have to hit? And what? Other than the water temple, though, it's like a perfect game. Okay, okay.
1: And then another huge title, which we got the introduction of a of a franchise in Mario Kart. I mean, there you go,
0: Mario Kart. It. Present day, talk about that for a second. It's the biggest selling game on the Nintendo Switch. And it was a re-release from the one on the Nintendo Wii. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart is just an extreme powerhouse. It was like easily one of Nintendo's top franchises. It's so it's such an accessible game to play. You know, it doesn't matter your age, it's something you can figure out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. It was it's it's so much fun to play so much fun to play you know and then you, you know especially with the introduction of like the multiplayer like the four players like on nintendo 64 just got better got more fun
0: i played a hell of a lot of the uh the battle mode for the super nintendo man my neighbor had it growing up and we you know he came over to my house we played genesis stuff he, he had a super nintendo so i go to his house we play super nintendo stuff but mario kart was like a go-to it's like you know Super Mario World was always up there. TMNT, Mm -hmm. Turtles in Time was always up there. But Mario Kart was like, you know, every day we're playing some Mario Kart. Every day. We're playing that battle mode. We're doing some races. It's
1: good stuff, man. Good stuff. But yeah, those those were three hugely popular titles released in 1992, 30 years ago, for the Super Nintendo. So...
0: Yeah, this this episode, if we haven't brought it home to you yet, is to make all you guys feel old that know what we're talking about and to educate you guys if you're younger and have no idea what the <laughs> hell was happening in 1992. Um, but th- those are some of the games you should... If you don't have those or if you haven't played them before, you should certainly go back and play those, whether you use emulation or you pick up a Super Nintendo. You know, you got to grab those games. Next up... My system when I was younger, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, was the Sega Genesis. Lots of great titles on there. Went toe-to-toe with Nintendo. First time they really had a challenger, because during the NES era, Nintendo just dominated everybody. But, Sega brought some hitters, man.
1: Oh, yes they did. They were in for a
0: fight. Speaking of fighting, they had a massive brawler on their hands. With Streets of Rage 2.
1: Where do we start? How about his knee?
0: That's his face.
1: If that's his face, what's this?
0: Now, there's there was of course Streets of Rage, Rage 1, but we're talking about 1992, so that's why we're talking about number two specifically, and it also just happens to be probably the best Streets of Rage game.
1: you know what as great as Street Fighter 1, uh, Streets of Rage 1 was? The second one was so good. It really was, man. Young Bobby Angles has a problem. He needs to earn the respect of his peers. So he gets the special Sega Genesis fighting system. It comes with Streets of Rage 2. He saves $40. He gets more moves. He gets more control. Now things are pretty much okay. I said chocolate chip. Say it. Say it.
0: Man. The soundtrack, man. Just that beat. Mmm. That Genesis like that bass sound.
1: <laughs> yeah, cause uh in, in two, they introduced a new character. Uh, it was you know, it still had that streets of streets of rage. Feel gameplay. So good. So good. If you guys are younger
0: and, and miss a lot of the, the brawlers from back then, it was one of the biggest genres. There's so many great titles. I mentioned Turtles in Time a few minutes ago. Streets of Rage has to be on that list. Um, I know a lot of people for some reason aren't crazy about Double Dragon. I really like Double Dragon a lot. Uh, you know, the NES version, there's Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3. People don't like... People say that 2 is the best. I kind of agree with that. I think 2 is probably the best one in the NES, but one of good my my point to saying all this is there's a million good brawlers out there. And if you end up liking like the new Streets of Rage that came out I don't know a year or two ago, Streets of Rage 4. It was great, really good. Great. Really, really good. If you guys like those games you need to go back and like search out these old ones because they're fantastic.
1: And then we got another big one, one of your favorites. I mean Sonic was
0: the reason <laughs> I purchased the Genesis. I had, you know, the not for resale copy Sonic still got it over there, and Chew was just. What what did you love about Sonic? Cool, we're gonna make it better. Everything about the first game is gonna be just be better in the second one. I do like the first game a lot, but but the second one is just leaps and bounds ahead of the first one.
1: We got and the I'll introduction play. of Tails.
0: Yeah, you got Tails, man. <laughs> so you can do you can do a little co op. It's like. Tails is kind of limited in what he can do, so it's like kind of co-op, kind of, <laughs> you know, don't go off the screen. I don't know. But the game the game is fantastic. Oh, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think I mentioned this on one of our other shows. That the, the biggest thing for me is the, the bonus levels. When you get, like, a certain amount of coins and you hit those little, uh, I forget what they're called, those little things that go stinging ding, and, like, you can like, warp out of the area. The first Sonic, you're going through this thing that looks like a bunch of candy. And it's kind of like a puzzle and you're trying to get through it. Hated those. Still hate them to this day. But Sonic 2, you had like this little like, raceway. You were on like a track. So much better. That And that's how you got the Chaos Emeralds in both games. Uh, but the second one was just... That was so much more fun than that first one.
1: Yeah, you just got to love Sonic. You just got to love Sonic. The movies are good too. Go watch them. Go watch them. You know what? They were really good surprisingly good I, the first one was a lot better than i expected it to be and then the second one second one was, was, was just as good just as good
0: I, I think the second one was not i liked it i liked it not as much as the first one though and they're it's like what how are these good i can't even explain this to you like how they're good they just are like <laughs> they know what they are they're not trying to be anything like spectacular but they're just good like they're good and jim carrey's in the movies. Like. There, there's a uh, rumor he's not going to be back for the third one. And if that's true, I'm going to be unbelievably disappointed. I don't know if I could watch it without Jim Carrey.
1: No, he, he was a great Robotnik. Fantastic. Eggman, whatever you want to call him.
0: <laughs> uh, people get all offended. It's the same shit.
1: Everybody knows.
0: Everybody <laughs> you guys need to calm the hell down. Eggman, robotic, same thing. I don't want to hear it. Don't leave a comment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you mentioned... Another big title earlier, even though it was on the Super Nintendo, you mentioned Turtles in Time. The Genesis got one. They got their own Turtles game. Hyperstone Heist. There you go.
0: Now, we didn't mention Turtles in Time as part of the SNES because it didn't come out that year. But it did mm-hmm. come out that year for Genesis as Hyperstone Heist, which wasn't really a port. It was really a different game. You know, there's some a lot of similarities between Turtles in Time and Hyperstone Heist, mm-hmm. but, you know... Just another solid game, man. I mean, there's so many good TMNT games, which is probably why they released that collection, you know.
1: Oh, that in Calabunga June? collection. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's actually good stuff, man. I did finally crack mine open.
0: So many good titles in there.
1: But yeah, man. Three, again, blockbuster titles for the Genesis in 1992. Streets of Rage 2, Sonic, and and uh, Hyperstone, Turtles.
0: And this is probably a good place to let you guys know too. We didn't go through like five thousand titles of every single there wasn't even five thousand games back then there's a lot there was a lot less games back then than there are are today, but we tried to pick like the, the biggest hitters from from each one of these platforms so if we missed something let us know in the comments I didn't go you know Wes and I didn't sit there for sixteen hours and got go through every damn game that came out of the genesis in nineteen ninety two We just picked the ones that stood out to us the most so You might have something different on your list, and that's totally fine. But we tried to pick what we thought was either, you know, really important or really big at the time, or games that we just love. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're seeing here, just so you guys know.
1: Oh, one of my favorite categories. (laughs) The best arcade games in 1992, when they still existed. (laughs) Where Wes was most of the time in the 80s and 90s. Oh, man, every chance I got, every chance I got.
0: So now this is going back to how we opened the show, right? So the the first game on this list is a different variant of that game because Jesus Christ Capcom, they can't make just one version of their games or two versions of their games. They have to make 15 different versions of their games. This, of course,
1: is another version of Street Fighter 2. But we got a new title called the Championship Edition. And why was it different? You got to play as the bosses.
0: Yeah, this year also, they they released two, again, Capcom, they released two new versions of Street Fighter in the arcade that year, World Warrior and and Champion Edition, which is, I'm sure there was like a slight variation. I know you mentioned the new characters Mm -hmm. already. I don't know exactly what the difference was, but in (laughs) the arcades, this would have been very notable during that
1: time. Oh, yeah, everybody was like super excited to play as like Bison right off the bat. Yeah, no, that was you know, cool because that was in the Genesis version, and you know you could pick them as well there. You know, Bison. You know, uh, Vega. You know, it was just, just to, just because you know, instead of fighting them, you got to play as them, and then people quickly got really, really good at using them. That's for sure.
0: I never played. I mean, I, I, th- I did play with Bison every once in a while, but it's never really my go-to. I didn't, I didn't like him that much. I really like the Zangief of Russian. Mm-hmm. I like playing as him a lot. And he was probably my favorite. I played as E-Honda every once in a while. Who was your yeah. go-to?
1: You know, I started off with Chun-Li. And, and then I kind of gravitated towards Guile. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But then once the home versions came out, I kind of switched off to Ken okay you know because like it it took me a minute to learn how to execute like my fireballs and my dragon punches and all that stuff so it was like you know in their arcade it, using a joystick is totally different than a controller um and it wasn't until like i got my hands on a controller at home it was when i'd like actually perfected how to do a dragon punch <laughs> you know
0: yeah <laughs> like it's totally different
1: you have to learn it you know So, yeah, so we had uh, we had that. And then we also had like my favorite Mortal Kombat released that year, too. Mortal
0: Kombat, man. I mean, what a. Can you like people don't understand how massive arcades were at this time? I mean, Street Fighter 2 is releasing new variants, which is like already like the most popular fight. And then Mortal Kombat comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like who would have thought Street Fighter had any sort of competition? And then there's Mortal Kombat.
1: Yep, popped out of nowhere.
0: It brought its digitized graphics, made it seem really realistic, and it was for the the older kids, because it was bloody and gory, as opposed to Street Fighter.
1: I think prior to Mortal Kombat, I think the only digitized game I remember seeing in the arcade was Pit Fighter. And that really wasn't, like, a fighting game?
0: Yeah, it was, it was different.
1: Yeah, it was like a Fight Club type, and you fought, and I don't know, but it was, it was different. There's and no Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, that's for damn sure. That's for sure. Oh man, I, I remember walking into the arcade and, and they were they just unveiled the Mortal Kombat machines and uh, you know, I was, I was like, oh my god, what is this? And turned it on and saw Sub-Zero and Scorpion for the first time and I was like, eh, okay. But then as time went on, the lines kept getting longer and longer to play. It was good stuff.
0: I grew up in a smaller town, so we we you know we had like a small local arcade that was like attached to like a golf course. So they didn't have like a they had some arcade games, not a huge variety. And most of the time you could walk on there and just get whatever arcade game you wanted without waiting. But not for Mortal Kombat. That game, you know, people were lined up to play that. That's what happened there. It was like, you know, you went from just hopping wherever, like, oh, what the hell? What's going on over here? It was like an event, man. Yes, it was. Everybody's crowded around the machine. Everybody's watching. Mm. Don't, suck.
1: <laughs> Don't suck. Don't <laughs> suck. It couldn't suck. Oh, yeah, I, never everybody...
0: played, I never played when people were there. I was like, I ain't playing against any <laughs> of you guys.
1: I'll,
0: you know, I'll wait. No way. I ain't get my ass beat. Watching you know, people do,
1: like, crazy moves and stuff. Oh, man. You'd have a crowd of people watching you play, and you lose. You got to hang your head in shame and walk away. <laughs>
0: That's how it was back then, man. Yes,
1: it was. Yes, it was.
0: Different times. But well, there's still some more amazing arcade games from 1992, like
1: X-Men. Man, four-player goodness right there.
0: This is one I never got to play, so I'm going to leave most of this conversation up to you. It looks
1: awesome, but I just I never had a chance to play it. You've never played the X-Men arcade game? Mm-mm. Not that Why I recall oh man it was at the height of i really want to say that like the x-men cartoon can't remember which one came first but x-men was like hugely popular especially in the comics so it was natural for them to do a game uh, they did four player and it was again it was like one of those multiple you had multiple cabinets because everybody played it
0: <laughs> everybody it was a, four, was it was a it. four player cabinet right so the screen four-player. The screen was bigger though, right? It was a, a yes. larger screen, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Was Was it a fighting game though, or like what was it exactly? It was that... a it was a side scroller. It was like like Simpsons. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like a side scroller, like, like a brawler, you know, but up.
0: like an action sort of brawler type thing. Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. Um. Yeah, it was like turtles. You know, turtles. It was was the same.
0: I think I'm going to play this actually. Was
1: Cyclops in it? Yes. Cyclops, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm. Yeah,
0: I think I may have played that once or twice. I I think this is sounding very familiar in my head now. I think I played that a couple times, but I, I really I couldn't. I mean, I barely remember. You know,
1: really? Oh man, it, it's it became so popular. You know, it's like it, it's still to this day, it's like hugely popular. Usually popular I mean,
0: in 92 i would have been eight years old mm-hmm. so i'm sure i still remember some stuff from back then but i, th- I think i might have played it that might have been in that arcade that i was talking about i might if it was that popular they always had like the most popular machines there of course so if it was that popular maybe i did mm-hmm. play it once or twice but it, i don't think it was my favorite game but I, there was also probably people around there that i didn't you know you know I was anti-social. <laughs> I
1: was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing with these other people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's not too long ago they released it for uh, smartphones, you know, on the Android market mm. or or the, the arcade uh, version? Yes. Yes. It's, was it good? It's, it's great. It's great. You know, you just gotta get used to playing it, you know, on a touch screen. You know, like moving around and stuff, but it's it's still there, man. It's still I w- there. So. I wonder
0: if they ever re released it on like three like three sixty back in the day or Xbox One or anything. Because I would love to check it you out. know,
1: I really want to say I it was on the three sixty like X Microsoft Arcade. Like they had a
0: like a downloadable
1: version. Yeah. I'm almost yeah, positive. I'll, to,
0: I'll go back and look, but I'm sure it's been delisted at this point. I'm sure they don't have the rights to it anymore, unfortunately. But I would love to have played that, man. Hope Maybe they'll re-release it. Who knows? They're re-releasing yeah, know. all sorts of collections now. They'll give us the, the 90 crappy X-Men games, and then, like, the two good ones will be <laughs> <laughs> on oh,
1: and there. And then another good standout arcade game from, from 1992 was Virtual Racing.
0: Now, this was a Sega game. Yes, it was. I know that because I have it on Genesis. And I've only played the Genesis version. i never played the arcade version. Have you played both? And if if you have, how do they compare to each other?
1: I did play both. I played the arcade version, like, a lot. Because coming off the high of, uh, like, Virtual Fighter and the whole Polygons you know it the was whole like
0: 3d oh yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> exactly you know lawnmower man was like hugely popular then so it was like you know the whole 3d you know graphics and computer graphics and stuff like that was like the talk and um yeah it seemed virtual racing was great but then it came to the genesis version and it didn't you know it didn't compare obviously it was like, it was like okay it was okay you know, I know mm-hmm. they they tried to redo it for the 32X. You know, and they it 32X they had a little bit more power uh to to kind of get closer to the arcade, but nothing could touch the arcade version.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just just playing the Genesis version, I mean, you play it now and it's like this is terrible. <laughs> you play it now like to today's standards it's like this is how is this acceptable? But it's it's like you said there was, you know, nothing or close to nothing like it at the time so it was like oh my god this is crazy
1: yeah oh yeah you know it It went up
0: like a ramp too right couldn't you like go up like a ramp and it was like like a loop-de-loop or something
1: i'm not sure if that that was virtual racing or if that was race driving but but there was another polygonal racer that yeah you did the loop-de-loop and like jumps and all that other stuff but virtual racing was like all formula one style racing from what i remember
0: okay maybe i'm mixing the two up then
1: I don't I don't recall exactly, but man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the, the set the Genesis version you guys can skip.
1: Yeah, it's worth a play just to to see what it is.
0: Now this next section was really important for us to have on here. We talked about specifically SNES, Genesis, and the arcade, because those were the three biggest things at the time. There are other consoles, there's other things, right? So what we did was just we just kinda made a category called other and these are like for PC games, handheld games, other systems that we haven't mentioned uh, because I mean they were just less popular but they're still really important you know maybe the PC wasn't less popular um, but really really important titles for one reason or another we need to mention them on here. Starting with an amazing amazing first-person shooter if this game failed maybe there wouldn't be first-person shooters but it succeeded and that of course is wolfenstein 3d and what a game it was
1: that was the granddaddy of first-person shooters man it was this is pre-doom i mean i i mean you go from there to doom doom is like on
0: another level like doom is like way better in my opinion but you have to take the first step and wolfenstein is that first
1: step Mm -hmm. And wolfenstein
0: was great i loved wolfenstein
1: Wolfenstein was good. Wolfenstein was really good. I mean, I didn't have a computer at the time, so I really couldn't play it. I didn't play it until it came on like console. Um I think I I bought it for 3DO. Um and that was like the first time I actually got my hands on like Wolfenstein and I was like, "Wow, this is actually pretty good." <laughs> Yeah, I
0: didn't have a PC back then either. Fortunately, one of my friends did. It might have been like a few years later on, but that's how I first experienced Wolfenstein was on on his computer, and he had Wolfenstein, Doom, Duke Nukem. So I got to play all the shooters uh, on his computer. And I I don't have a lot of experience playing PC games at all, but those PC games to me like that was like prime man playing like that with a mouse and keyboard felt right. You know, it feels a little bit weird to me now just because. I'm so used to controllers because I've been playing with them my whole life. But during that period of time, man, if you wanted to play a first-person shooter, this is pre-GoldenEye. The the only place you're playing a first-person shooter is a PC.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, know, I said it's the granddaddy of all shooters. Because if it wasn't for Wolfenstein, we wouldn't have Doom. We wouldn't have Quake. You know, we wouldn't have Halo.
0: (laughs) It started it all, man. It started it all.
1: You know, another another granddaddy of the genre, which we mentioned once before in one of our videos, was uh, Alone in the Dark.
0: Another PC title, guys. So this was mm-hmm. this eventually came to consoles, too. I think we've, we've also referenced that before. Mm-hmm. But 1992, this is when the, the PC release came out. And this is the first time you're seeing a Sub- Survivor horror game. So for those of you who like Resident Evil, this is pre-Resident Evil
1: where it all started
0: now i never had the chance to play the game unfortunately
1: i i've never even played off the sequels or the spin-offs or anything have you played any of these before i didn't do the original i did again i didn't have a pc at the time so it's like once it came out on console uh i then i actually got my hands on it and started to play it and and, and to see what it, what the you know the talk was about um
0: do you remember did, which version you played first or are you not sure
1: I want to say it was my again 3DO. 3DO. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I actually enjoyed my 3DO a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, Alone in the Dark came out for. for I have it for 3DO. Uh, but then once the Dreamcast came out, we got like a revamped, you know, graphically improved version of Alone in the Dark, and it it, it was very. Resident Evil, because by then, Resident Evil was already out.
0: Yeah, you I You mean,
1: where it came from, so...
0: I never felt the need to go back probably, just because Resident Evil was my first experience with survival horror, and I couldn't, like... I, I don't know. I just felt like it couldn't get better, you know, so why go back? But I guess that was a naive point of view. Maybe, maybe Alone in the Dark was really good. People loved it. They kept making it. <laughs> They're making it again. Someone just picked up the license to it, and are you serious? Yes, I think. I don't think that they officially announced the game is going to be just called Alone in the Dark, but they didn't say if it's a reboot, if it's like a remake, Mm -hmm. if it's like they didn't say anything really with detail that I can remember. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see.
1: Man, do you remember that crappy Alone in the Dark movie they came out with?
0: I barely remember it when it came out.
1: I had no interest in seeing it then. I have no I interest don't. in seeing it today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it. Uh the director was at Yui Bowl. He was like infamous for taking Oh, that dude was just pooping out movies that were based on video games. Yes he was. <laughs> yes he was.
0: I don't know how how those game companies were like, Oh yeah, you made that. Here, here's our license. Go ahead and make
1: another one. <laughs>
0: like you can yeah. you can use our game too.
1: Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> jesus they made a need for speed movie west do you understand how stupid all right. that is you know what need for speed was actually really good need for speed the need for speed movie i have to i have to defend i enjoyed that a lot i mean the actor who played jesse pinkman was in there i can't remember mm-hmm. his real
0: name right now he's a great actor so like i mean Pete i like was him in it
1: michael keaton was in it yes he was all right you're winning me over <laughs> Yo, I Need know for, all this. <laughs> if you have not watched Need for Speed, it is definitely worth a watch. It was. I can't good. believe that. You know, it's got it's got nice cars, and it's about racing, which is what Fast and the Furious started out to be, and then kind of went off the rails in a whole different direction. So I when Need e for Speed those. came out, it was I was like, man, cars and racing, perfect. What a Your- what a slight story.
0: You know what racing game or racing movie came out then that I liked a lot It was uh, "Gone in Sixty Seconds." It I was one of Nicholas Cage's like best movies.
1: I do remember that. That was actually that was good. But you need yeah. to watch Need for Speed.
0: <laughs> Keaton's in it, and Jesse Pinkman, whatever the real actor's name is, I can't remember <laughs> again. You're winning me over. Like I said, if it if I happen to be flipping through it's like HBO and it's like Need for Speed, I'll stop and watch it. I'll give okay. you that but I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, what platform is this streaming? Or if I see it on a streaming platform, I'll click it for you. All
1: right. right.
0: And we'll, we'll chat about it. (laughs) Now there's two other titles on here that come from two different systems, not on PC. One uh, was super Mario land and the six golden coins. This was a GB GB, just GB Mm -hmm. game. It's not a game boy color, not a game boy advance. Um, This is before that time. Uh, maybe, maybe Game Boy Color came out around then, right? Maybe like 93,
1: 94. I yeah, but I remember that. Yeah, this was strictly Game Boy.
0: Yeah, and this was the was this was the second Mario game that came out on the Game Boy. Is that correct?
1: Man, um, I you know I ooh, I want to say yes, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. I remember playing it, and I remember playing the heck out of it. But I I can't remember if that was the first one or the second one.
0: I definitely played one of the Super Mario games on Game Boy, uh, the original Game Boy, and it was fantastic. I don't remember if it was Six Golden Coins. I would have to watch like a video or something to
1: see or watch, you know, see some images if it was the exact same one. Well, if you guys are watching, if you know, (laughs) please comment. Let us know, Rob. I'm sure you know. Leave a comment. (laughs) I mean, people
0: say that Six Golden Coins is legitimately like one of the best. Super Mario games ever. Um, many people argue that uh, I just can't recall if it's the same one that I played or not I have no idea yeah. but I, I did I love the game that I played for sure and this one is supposed to be spectacular.
1: It's Mario I mean it was it was good. It, it was it played like a Mario game like you would expect it to but on the Game boy it was it was really good. it was really really good.
0: Finally we're gonna jump back into Wes's world of sega genesis but a system that i didn't own so again i'm gonna let wes speak to this a little bit more uh sega cd released lunar silver star this was before it ever hit playstation
1: yeah oh man lunar yeah lunar was lunar was something special when it came out you know this was a
0: rpg right like it was this a was this a turn-based rpg
1: uh, no, no, was uh, um, wow, I I'm drawing a blank. I want to say yes. Okay, But I have a feeling I might be wrong, but I, I really want to say it was turn based. I feel like you're right. I mean, I I
0: I've seen it before. Um, I actually I have a PlayStation copy only because I got it for like cheap, and I I you know, hoping one day I get an RPGs and I'll have an awesome library of RPGs to play. But I think that it's turn based, and I think that's
1: why I never played it you know I, it's been so long uh, cuz i wound up tra- I, I don't know why i do this but i wound up trading in my lunar for Sega cd and then i wanted it again and couldn't find it and then i wound up buying the playstation 1 in the box the big collection um so it's been Silver Star Saga time. right
0: i think that's what it's called
1: yep so i mean you figure i haven't played lunar in over 30 years and But what drew me to it, the story was great. It had it had you know animated cutscenes, which anime I was like all about. So you know seeing that in a game really made me want to play it more. That was that yeah. Lunar was something special. Lunar definitely was something special. It was put out by Working Designs, who did no wrong because they were they were the, the the kings of RPGs, like animated RPGs.
0: Can you imagine how popular they would be today if they were still around? I know. Oh, man. Like, they'd be rivaling Square Enix, like, you know, for their Japanese, like, Final Fantasy games and, you know, uh, Dragon Quest and stuff like that. I I would say they'd probably be dominating them. Like, I mean, people love Atlas for their RPGs, like Persona and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I I think working designs would be, if they still existed in that form with the same people working on
1: those games, they would be crushing that entire market they would i wish they were still around i really wish they were still around it's really a shame they were they were so
0: ahead of their time because if they were around now they'd be there'd be money just they'd be like pooping money over there it'd be like unbelievable how much money they would have because it is niche yes but anime is bigger than ever Mm -hmm. so even though it's like a niche thing it's it's really becoming more and more mainstream and if them making you know anime games based off of other animes or even like original creations that look anime style with japanese rpgs like if that's Mm -hmm. what they're going for this is the time to do it
1: oh i agree i agree they uh, like i said they'd be kings right now because they they would they would be the new square enix
0: probably i think they would be bigger than square enix I really do. Bigger than I think they'd be bigger than Final Fantasy because instead of having Square Enix has really two major franchises like that are RPGs and that's Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and they are major, but I feel like Working Designs would probably be able to put out a game egg, you know, every year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it would be widely popular in that market.
1: Agreed. So we talked about you know just a few titles that are 30 years old released in 1992 you know from a little bit of everything super nintendo genesis arcade computer but out of this list what would be your game of the year man
0: well i've been wearing a hint the whole show so if you haven't got it it's super mario kart (laughs) that's my game of 1992 and you might be saying to yourself, "You had a Genesis, you disgusting, filthy traitor! How dare you do Sonic this way? Sonic would have probably been my second choice."
1: Surprising, I thought Sonic would
0: be your first choice, but okay. Wes, I, so not to give you too much detail, I was going to the bathroom earlier and I was sitting there thinking about this, right? Like, what am I? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do? This is a difficult decision. Then I started thinking, if I can only live with one. Which would I prefer to live with? And the answer is Mario Kart. Okay. We still have a bunch of good Mario Karts from that. Mm -hmm. Sonic's been a very mixed bag. I've had Sonic games I love. I've had Sonic games I hate. Started playing Frontiers, just so you guys know. So you don't think I'm a total traitor. I did start playing Sonic Frontiers. It's pretty good. It's weird. It's it's friggin' weird. (laughs) But it's pretty good. Not the best Sonic. Certainly not the worst. But I can't remember playing a Mario Kart game in the past, since the first one, and going, oh, it's pretty good. No, it's like, oh, this is great. Great is a minimum expectation for Mario Kart.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: And speaking specifically about the first one, the multiplayer. Fantastic. I mentioned that earlier. Racing against each other. Battle mode. Just you know, having those weapons, man. I mean, this is like pre Burnout to me, and Burnout is like another game I love so much. You know, a little I'm, bit different kind of car combat,
1: but I miss Burnout. I really do.
0: We could have, we could probably go sixty minutes just on Burnout, west Yeah, we but Just, can. just me and you talking about how insane EA is for not making another Burnout. Game. They made another Need for Speed game this year, didn't they? <laughs>
1: Christ. Yeah, we'll say Burnout for for another time. That'll be a whole a whole episode by itself.
0: But yeah, a lot of big decisions. I want to mention one other thing. Like I did mention Sonic already. I have to mention one other thing. Wolfenstein. This this is has to be on everyone's at least list because it was so important. The fact that it's the first first person shooter and it's a very, very good game. Uh, you know, that was widely accepted because, you know, if you just had a pretty good PC at the time, you could run it. I mean, I can't let go of Wolfenstein's importance, but I think we would have gotten there anyways. Which is, again, why Mario Kart was the one for me. And the accessibility that I mentioned earlier. If you're a child, you can play this. If you're 90 years old, you can play Mario Kart and understand it, like, in an
1: instant. Okay. Well, well, what's your pick? What about oh, you? Man, 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 man. See, unlike you, even though I am wearing a Street Fighter shirt, um, <laughs> you know, I I Mortal Kombat.
0: Mortal really?
1: Mortal no Kombat. Way. Yeah, man. It had to be Mortal Kombat. You know, it, it was tough because I was like, oh man, X-Men, Streets of Rage. See, but, I thought if I, I
0: mean, had to guess, I mean, Street Fighter was up there, but at this point, Street Fighter would have been old. So I was like, okay, maybe he's not gonna pick Street Fighter. But I thought Streets of Rage was probably going to be your pick over Mortal Kombat.
1: Uh, you know, I really loved Streets of Rage. I did. But, you know, it's, I have to give it to Mortal Kombat because walking, like I said before, walking into an arcade and seeing Mortal Kombat for the first time with the digitized characters, with the fighting mechanics, with the special moves, with, you know, the, the fatalities, that changed Everything right then and there. It did. It was
0: like, it felt like the next level. You know, it's like, all right, this, this is a step up from where we were.
1: You know, even from Street Fighter. It was. It was, it was like, it It. it felt like Street Fighter was for kids and Mortal Kombat was for adults. <laughs> Dude, the marketing.
0: <laughs> every, every, again, I was probably, I was eight years old when this came out. I, I had to convince my parents to get it. It took a little bit of time. But I had my copy of Mortal Kombat when it came out on Genesis, you know, which was probably a year later. It was probably like ninety three that it came out on Genesis. But I, I, I certainly played it in the there was nothing stopping me from going to the arcade and playing in the arcade. You know? Like, <laughs> there was nobody like checking IDs for you to play Mortal Kombat in
1: the arcade. No. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. But it was just, you know, just that's why it, it has to be Mortal Kombat. It's, you know, and Mortal Kombat. Gave us characters that are still around the day that everybody gravitates to. You know, Sub Zero, Scorpion, you know, Raiden. So it was like, you know, and those, and they're st- still making Mortal Kombat games today. Granted, they're still making Street Fighter games, but Mortal Kombat survived thirty years, and we're still getting Mortal Kombat games, and they're still popular.
0: I mean, looking at Street Fighter Five and the newest Mortal Kombat games. Mortal Kombat's more popular than Street Fighter, in my opinion. And I think it's a better game right now. Not to say that Street Fighter... I thought Street Fighter 4 was better than 5. 6 is coming out soon. I hear... Oh my god. Sorry about that. 6 is coming out soon. And I hear that that's probably going to be, you know... Like a a new evolution of Street Fighter. And I hope that it is. Because they really got to start competing
1: with Mortal Kombat at this point. Like, Mortal Kombat fell off a cliff Mm -hmm. for a while... It did all their way back. I hated Mortal Kombat four i I did not like the 3d Mm-mm. engine and gameplay. I was like, no, no, no
0: <laughs> Now, it wasn't until the reboot of Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat nine as it's also known as you know when when that came back to the 2D you know with 3d backgrounds, that's when it really started hitting again for people.
1: oh yeah well. You figure they gave us Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, which I loved. I loved. And it just kind of, you know, reignited everybody's love for Mortal Kombat all over again. But out of that, we got Injustice and just, oh man, Mortal Kombat is that, that, Mortal Kombat is my game of the year in 1992. That was hey, a tough
0: haven't. choice. That
1: was I, a I, tough, tough choice, man. It
0: wasn't <laughs> easy for me either. You think I didn't want to go get <laughs> Sonic and Sega? I feel like a traitor. But this is what it means to be console agnostic, right? I don't care who's making great games. I only care that the game is great. I don't care who's making it. I don't care what platform it's on, except for PC mostly because I don't usually play PC games. But I'd be willing to if someone brought me a PC because I'm not going to go out of my way to figure out how to get the game to run on my PC. But my point is you should all be console agnostic. It doesn't matter. The games are what matters, and you should play what you want, you know, and enjoy the games that you like, no matter which console. So all you fanboys out there who thought I was going to pick Sonic, I'm sorry to let you down, but Mario Kart was the best game that year, in my opinion.
1: Okay, okay. Two different opinions, but it's all good. It's all good.
0: Hey, I appreciate your choice, too, you know? I love Mortal Kombat. We talked about that plenty of times as well. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, so we're going to start hopping into the next section of the show which is gonna be covering retro game prices in 2022. Just a brief look back at some of the stuff that's happening there, You know our thoughts and opinions on 2023. So back in our previous video, we had mentioned that we felt that things were on the decline and that things would continue that way. So right now we're just gonna do a quick look back and kind of discuss if we think that we were correct, are things still declining? Have they declined in the past six months? And you know, talk about if things will still decline. But let's look back at that video and talk about that right now. Wes, were we correct? Did things continue to decline between July 2022 and today, December
1: 2023? 2022. Oh, my God. 2022. <laughs> 2022. Um, you know, I I, I want to say I think we were correct. Because just looking back on 2022 as a whole, you know, it was it was there's some... Some standouts, uh, a lot of peaks and valleys. You know, a lot of pricing going up and down, and it was still, but as as a whole, yes, I, I I saw prices drop. You know, some significantly, some just a little bit, but I think they're all starting to go back to pre-pandemic levels. You know, perfect example was uh, I found a a new retro game store in Central Jersey, and uh, earlier in the year, and they had Resident Evil for the Saturn. And it was like $600. I was like, wow, okay. I need it. Dude, let me ask you $600. a question.
0: Let me just throw this in there. Was that sealed or complete in box? Or what was that? It was complete in box. A complete, So not sealed. It not was $600. Sealed.
1: Yep. Uh, oh, I Lord. went back several months later. And that same game, he changed the price to like 275 So, of course, I scooped it up like right then and there. I was like, so, so that concept.
0: complete in box copy lost, according to that store, lost half its value. That's a lot.
1: That's a lot. So I was like, wow. So that right there, yeah, that it shows me that prices are starting to to come down.
0: That's certainly significant because if you guys, you know, I know you guys didn't work in stores in four, but Wes and I have worked in, Wes still works in a retro game store. I mean, typically, you're not buying these things at a high level because you're gonna you're gonna reduce your risk because the risk is you buying the item from the person hoping to have him resell it. So, I'm assuming that this guy probably bought that for around that price, and he's probably trying. You know, he was probably trying to sell it for like twice the price. That's usually what you do because you don't know how long things are going to sit there, especially a high priced game like that. So, my guess is this guy probably paid around 300 for if he was selling it for 600, and now he's paying 275. He's probably taking a slight hit just to get it out of his door. Or maybe he's just trying to break even on the item. That's that's my opinion. Do you think that's a fair estimate, or do you think I'm kind of off?
1: It could be. I mean, he might have – who knows? I mean, you know, he might have bought it for – he might have bought it for 150 bucks, 200 bucks. That's true. And, and then, you know, then the prices, you know, he tried to capitalize on it because the prices skyrocketed. And he's like, yeah. hey, if I can get it, I, hey, I ain't mad at you. You know, if he can get it, get it. Um, yeah. Especially because – You know, Resident Evil, it was was an expensive game. It was a very expensive game at one point. Um, On Saturn. On the Saturn. So then, you know, prices started to drop. So, you know, he adjusted his price accordingly. So, you know, I I don't think he lost any money. But it just goes to show that, you know, that that bubble that we were in Mm -hmm. on a good majority of the titles, I think, kind of just finally burst and... Things are starting to come back down to a normal level if you want to call a 200 300 game normal.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Like, if you look at the numbers across the board, you know, whether you're looking at Sealed or, you know, there, we can get into some more nitty-gritty in a few minutes. We're actually going to discuss some specific titles. But I feel that we were definitely correct over the past six months. I feel like the bubble has more or less burst. There was definitely a bubble, and I think. There was many factors, but I think the biggest one was the pandemic where that really drove up the price. Uh, spend, go, go ahead and look at price charting, guys. You'll see. like, You'll see 2020 starts to go like this, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then you know, for the most part, you'll see 2022 starting to go like this. Like, that's pretty much what you're going to see if you look at price charting for most titles, not everything. And one, one thing I do want to reference, shout out to Game Eye, which we bring up quite often. Uh, this is how Wes and I both track our collections that we have. Game eye shows you your overall value, and the first indication that I had, which I mentioned in a previous video, was you know, back in July, was I noticed that the value of my games that shot up was starting to go down, and then I started looking at individual titles, and that's what brought on the July video. It was like, we got to talk about this. Like, this is it. Like, this is it. It's ending. Um, my Game I has continued to drop. It has not gone up at all i've I've only spoiler alert I collect video games I've only bought more video games in the past six months and the value has gone down. That doesn't make any sense unless the the market is dropping, which is what's happening did you did you check your game on do you know if it's has yours gone down in six months or do you not oh know? It definitely
1: oh no it definitely has. <clears throat> Every time I add a add a new game to the collection, you know, I just I, I see it's it's taking a dip, it's taking a dip. I mean, you know, I'm not in it for the money, right? I'm in it for I'm the enjoyment, even. you know. So I'm in it for the enjoyment of my collection and and playing the games. So, you know, it it is what it is. Uh, but it, it's it's making me more aware that okay, the market is definitely kind of trying to level off a little bit. And-
0: right. So. We should have mentioned this in the beginning. Like, Wes and I are collectors. We're not here for the money. Um, I find it extremely fascinating. So that's why I pay attention to it. Like, it's just interesting to me to see the market, like, you know, it has ebbs and flows. It always has, it always will. Mm -hmm. But the most interesting thing has been the pandemic and just seeing it just go, like, skyrocket. And, you know, since then, we're starting to see it drop. And that's fascinating to me. If you guys are fascinated by it, I hope that's I hope that's what you're getting out of this. If you're following the market, you know you can listen to us also. But we're not experts. I'm using price charting to like look at the value. I'm using GameEye to tell me how much my collection's worth. Like I'm not doing any mathematical analysis. I'm just using the data that already exists. from Smarter people than me that made programs to track all this stuff. So you know, take what we say with a grain of salt. But we were right. And as long as we're paying attention, we'll probably continue to be right about
1: the ebbs and flows, at least. Just an observation. <laughs> yeah. It's just an observation. But, you know, we've talked about, you know, factors before. We talked about COVID. We talked about the rise of inflation with, you know, gas and food yep. and stuff like that. So all of that stuff plays into, you know, effect of, of why things are starting to drop again.
0: But Let hey. me ask you a question that I find very interesting, because this is, goes right into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned inflation. Are at, if you guys don't know, Wes owns a retro, is a part owner of a retro game store. At your store, now that inflation's hitting, we're coming out mm-hmm. of the pandemic, obviously, are you seeing more trade-ins happen now?
1: Um, Actually, you know what? Yes. I am. Is, I, sounds I am. right. Um, People are bringing in, like, collections. Like, you know, we've had... Uh, Nintendo 64 collections we've had you know uh, I had 360 collections a guy had like 50 360 games you know we had a, a guy drop off like uh like 25 PlayStation games so yeah no people are people are starting to you know like start to sell that stuff again
0: right because they need money for, for gas because mm-hmm. your, your dollar doesn't go as far you know mm-hmm. they see the prices falling they're like well I better get rid of this now before it falls even more you know a lot yeah. of different
1: factors to think about. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, we do have a couple of examples of, of how, you know, the ups and downs of 2022 pricing goes.
0: Yeah, so these titles are ones that we've either mentioned before or thought would kind of be interesting or relative to look at now. In fact, one, two, three. The first four have all been ones we've mentioned before, and the fifth one is a new one. Just for a comparison, because we, we thought that game was really popular on GameCube. And just kind of wanted to see what has happened in the past six months. So the two prices we bring up are going to be from July of 2022 mm-hmm. and December, uh, well, end of November, beginning of December of 2022. The first one up is, is one of my titles that I've been tracking since even before Wes was here. Just because I started talking about some retro game prices and it's it's actually a game I want to own, but I will never pay this price for it. So I'll probably never going to own this game, but it's I, I just like looking at it. And that is a complete in box copy of Little Samson. This is for the NES, of course. Five thousand six hundred sixteen dollars back in July. Mm-hmm. Currently, five thousand three hundred seventy-one. So it lost, you know, roughly a little less than three hundred dollars in the past six months, which isn't major, but still kind of significant because Little Samson is a truly, you know, rare game on the NES. It's very uncommon and hard to find, especially complete in box. So, I don't know. Does that surprise you, or what do you think?
1: <laughs> you know, Little Samson is is one of those titles that I think, even though the price may dip a little bit, it's always going to be expensive. Yes, because because it's so rare. You know, it's the scarcity of that cartridge. It's it is going to keep that price high. Um, and, and when I say high, I'm talking a couple thousand dollars, you know, if it dips a couple hundred, it is what it is, but it's, I think it's loose still, ones are over 1500. Yeah. It's still, you know, that's still expensive <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for, for a game. Yeah. Especially when,
0: <laughs> when you could just download the ROM and play it like. and
1: play it. I know. <laughs>
0: But that's not the point you know the point is like having the original game play through the original hardware yeah the way that it was intended anyway if i'm gonna play little samson it's probably gonna be through emulation okay <sighs> same, same here <laughs> a game that won't be played through emulation at least for you because you already mentioned you picked it up mm-hmm.
1: resident evil on saturn where are we at with that Oh, man. So I, I told you, it you know, it dropped like several hundred dollars because um, when I picked it up, it was 275 Uh So but now, uh, price in July, it dropped even further. Uh, to It was 240 in July. And now... Pretty, pretty close to what you were paying.
0: Eh, it not, wasn't not bad. No.
1: Nah. Um, but now, as of, you know, let's say, you know, end of November, early December 2022, you know, it dropped even further to 207 Hmm. And that's complete in box, correct? Just so you com- knows. Correct. That's complete in box. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's again, another indicator that, that prices are starting to slowly creep down.
0: Yeah. Especially Saturn, man. Cause I mean, most Saturn games are like not all of them are uncommon, but there's many uncommon or rare games on the Saturn, which is why a lot of their games are really expensive. Plus the emulation, for Saturn is notoriously sucking. So like if you really want to play a Saturn game, you need to have a Saturn in the disc. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. Saturn games in general were always kind of expensive. And yeah. For the most part. Yeah, they were kind of expensive, but you know, it's it's is two hundred dollars expensive? You know, it's it's definitely not six hundred, so I'm happy. <laughs>
0: It's definitely not 1500 or whatever the hell a loose cart for a little... I would buy a loose cart for a Little Samson, so it's definitely not that. <laughs> I mean, I would, but I would never pay that much, which is, you know... I'd have to find... The day I buy Little Samson is the day I, like, find it a garage sale or something, and, like, somebody's like, oh, it's $5, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is probably never going to happen, you know, but that's the day know. I
1: get it. You never know. Another title that we've talked about before... Uh, on actually, the past couple of times we talked about pricings was one that I have in my collection, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Saturn, and it, it is still sealed. But so it, this is the sealed price that we're going to discuss, just correct. because of this factor. Correct. That's one that has I have seen some dips in 2022. I've seen it rise a little bit, seen it dip. But when that when it dips, it, it will dip to like a thousand. <laughs> But in, in July, a sealed copy was, was 1200 So this is like one of those instances where the price went up. So like now, as of November, December 2022, it's 1700 So this I mean, is, you know, we're talking about price dropping, but in this case, it went up.
0: Yeah, I mean, this just makes sense to me, personally. You have a very uncommon or, or rare game on the Saturn that's sealed, yes, the price is going to go up. Pre-pandemic doesn't matter. Like, when you have a true... Like, it goes back to Little Samson, right? Little Samson's price dropped a little bit. I don't... I wouldn't be surprised if it, in a month or two, it goes back up. Because it is a very uncommon or rare game. People know that it's an uncommon or rare game. And it's going to be sold after by collectors for many different reasons. Also, it's a good game, you know? So that's also in play. And that should drive the price back up for games like Little Samson. It should continue to make your uh, sealed copy of Panzer Dragoon rise, in my opinion. That rise might be slow. It might dip and go back up. But I don't think you're going to see a massive drop for a game like that.
1: No. Uh, Plus two, I I think as a a whole, sealed items are becoming more and more scarce
0: especially especially back then i would say that today if you look at the common systems that are out now right like even last generation ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x nintendo switch looking at those consoles right what's happened they they've created like a <laughs> it's it's kind of weird to talk about So limited run games, when they started, their games were actually limited. Very limited. And those games are pretty expensive.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now they do open pre-orders. Almost all of these these, these sites, there's strictly limited, limited run, special reserve. um, There's a bunch of them. It doesn't matter. Almost all of them do open pre-orders now, which they give you a 30-day window. Mm -hmm. and you can pre-order the game if you want it. That's really caused people out there that that are speculating in the market to buy these games and then to try to resell them, and it's keeping the value at about what they paid for them. However, if you look at the titles earlier, that if you didn't hit limited run at 7 a.m. Pacific time on that Wednesday that that game came out, you're done. You didn't get the game. You weren't there on, <laughs> at zero hour. So sorry. Those games are still expensive. Those games are still hard to get. The other ones aren't so much because they're, they were for a niche market. The niche market bought the game. And then the resellers bought the game. And then you have other people who aren't resellers and didn't want the game to begin with. That market's Flat. Like, <laughs> those games sell for what they sell for. Yes, they do. You know, sometimes you'll see some stuff up and down. But my my point in saying this is, you know, every kind of market is a little bit different. And the games today, like those limited, those limited games aren't really limited anymore. Because the market is fulfilled. Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> oh, I follow you, man. I okay. follow you. Oh, I follow you. You know, I, you know, like I, I was saying how you know, sealed games are just becoming more scarce, and it, you know, because it's like the people...
0: old. Yes, that's what was my point. Yes,
1: the old sealed games are becoming Correct.
0: rare, not new sealed games.
1: Correct, because we bought games to play. Exactly, we cracked them open and played. it. Now the the fluke chance that I, my Panzer Dragoon is still sealed is because I bought it. I knew I wasn't going to play it right away, but then I kind of overlooked it and started buying and playing other stuff. So it sat on my shelf. No, I'm it's with cool you. Of, that's why it's still sealed. But people bought games and they opened them up and they played them right away. And that's the, how it should be. But The
0: big reason you and I have old sealed games is because we wanted to play everything. So we bought all sorts of shit and we just never got around to probably <laughs> a quarter or a half of what we bought.
1: They, which is so true. Man, we spent so much money on games. It's not even funny, and I can play half of them. No, it's true. But we didn't buy them because we, we
0: didn't buy them back in like the nineties. Being like, oh, these are going to be worth money. We bought them. Oh, I got to play this. Exactly. But you bought, you happened to also buy six other games that month, and you were like, well,
1: I can only play one of these because that's all the time I have. <laughs> and that's what it was. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, like another title. That you know we kind of talked about once before was on the original Nintendo. Was Ninja Gaiden?
0: I mean, this is probably my favorite, or one of my favorite NES games. So the price we looked at here is a sealed copy. I have a loose copy. I don't need the sealed one. I'd like one, but I don't need it. Back in July, um, we looked at the peak too. The peak was higher than this. So pre July twenty twenty two, it was higher. It dipped to 123 in July of 2022, which is the last time we did a video about pricing. That was for a sealed copy of Ninja Gaiden. Today, a sealed copy, I'm sorry, complete in box. Complete in box copy of Ninja Gaiden. 123 in July, 101 today. So it lost about $22 in value, which doesn't sound hmm. like a lot, but if you look at the percentage, that's a large percentage of the game's value. If it was only going for that much, you know, it's lost probably about, I don't know, 18% of its value in six months. That's
1: significant. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is. And, it, and it's, it's a little surprising. It's a little surprising. It is,
0: because it's sealed. I mean, not sealed. It's, it's complete, you know? And then, like, any <laughs> dude, for you guys who are really young, I don't know. Nobody kept their boxes during the NES game, man. Like <laughs> Nobody. Everybody threw the if you were lucky you kept the manual like in the plastic sleeve, but mm-hmm. everybody threw away the boxes. So I' I don't understand how this game is only like a 100 bucks for a complete box.
1: Yeah, because the cardboard got tore up and you know, it, it's funny I, we actually had somebody bring in a bunch of Nintendo game boxes. Just the boxes? Just the boxes. Just the boxes. Did you, you guys know, buy them? Uh, yeah, we did. Oh, you, yeah. You, the, the crazy thing is, somebody had like Pokemon, like the original Pokemon for Game Boy, like just the boxes. Like the box for Pokemon Blue is like $200. It's more just than the, the games. More than the game. Just, yeah. That's crazy. But again, it's just, no, like you said, no one, no one kept the boxes. They would rip them open. They'd get squashed. You know, tossed around, and then eventually they got thrown in the trash.
0: Yeah, it's just like the consoles. Like I didn't keep all the boxes, to all my consoles, unfortunately, but I do have some of like, you know, some of the bigger ones. You know, I have like my Dreamcast box back there, which is one of the older boxes that I have. I don't have my NES box, man. nope so no. few. That, that's why the boxes go for so much because the people who want to collect complete in box, they want that. And they're they're way harder to get because the majority of people threw that crap away. In the trash. In the trash. <laughs> In that the that trash. cardboard is worth hundreds of dollars now.
1: Who would have thought? Who would have <laughs> thought? You know, but we got, you know, so we talked about a few increases, a few decreases, but then some stuff stayed the same. It did. So this was the new one that we
0: looked at. We haven't looked at this in the previous videos, but this was Mario Kart Double Dash. Again, we picked this because it's a pretty common GameCube game, but it's also, if you, go, if you went out and bought our GameCube today, this would be a game that you would want to get for your GameCube. So that's why we picked it. It was like a common game that everybody would want. Let's see where the prices are at on that. In the past six months, it stayed pretty stagnant. So we're looking at $65 then, $65 now. There was off by some pennies, but we're not going to get into all that. It's basically $65. Now, what's interesting, that game would have sold for $50 on GameCube because games were going for $50 back then, but it still has lost value over time because if you counter inflation in, $50 back then was worth way more than $65 today, I'm sure. I'm not going to go do the math for you guys, but still kind of... Interesting that it's that high, higher than what you would, higher than what you would have paid for it back then, Um, not counting
1: inflation. Yeah, it's. uh, But Mario Kart is such a good game, though. Just thinking, it's like, it's like when we have a GameCube. I mean, usually people come in asking for Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, Wind Waker, Wind Waker, yeah, and Zelda's. You know, so it's, you know, it's still a very popular game. And, and and I'm glad it's not super crazy expensive, so that way more people can actually enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and plus I I don't know that this was ever re-released. Perhaps it wasn't like during the Wii U, it might have been like on like the uh, eShop or something like that. But I don't recall this game ever being re-released. Maybe I'm wrong about that. You guys can correct me in the comments. But you certainly can't go on your Switch and play
1: Double Dash. No, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, man, we got to keep up. We got to keep our eyes on on the prices going forward for 2023. Um, You know, you think that they're going to continue to drop. You think they may, you know, start to rise and spike again as the weathers get nice or what what are you thinking?
0: So, again, looking just looking at price charting as uh, as a tool to gauge where we're at we have to get back to pre-pandemic levels and we are not there yet. So my assumption is they're gonna, at least in the next six months, they're gonna continue to drop. Inflation is still rising, a recession is happening, whether the government wants to admit that or not. (laughs) We're in a recession, people wake up, It's, it's around us. Yes, they're gonna drop, that's my
1: answer. They're gonna drop over the next six months. What do you think? um i i think they're gonna they're gonna take a slower decline decline i don't think they're gonna rapidly drop i agree um, with that too it's gonna yeah. be a slow decline yeah i think it's gonna be a slow decline uh which which is which is okay you know which is good because it'll hopefully it'll attract more people to video game collecting right you know um so and, they can actually and that purchase will, and enjoy that will make it go
0: back up again
1: back up. Well, yeah, if, if we get a lot of people that jumped on like like uh during COVID, yeah, they're going to they're going to skyrocket again, but at this point in time for 2023, hopefully again, it attracts more people to the hobby cuz it is a fun hobby, especially if you're going to buy them and enjoy them and play them. It's such a fun hobby.
0: My hope is pretty much what you said. Um, but younger people I'm going to bring a personal story into this real quick before we end things. My nephew is young, clearly, and I'm old, clearly. Um, he's probably 16 years old, I believe, um, maybe 15. So he was playing Far Cry 4 the other day, mm. and... I was like, dude, you're playing Far Cry 4. like, Far Cry Six is out. I was like, is that I, I was asked him, I was like, is that is that game is that a retro game to you? And he was like, oh yeah, this is old, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, y- your old games aren't the same as my old games, are they? He was like, nah. So, I mean, my hope with it, this is, you know, as prices go down, is mm-hmm. he loves games. People like him, I'm hoping. We'll start entering that market, you know, as he gets older, when he turns 20, you know, and he gets a job and starts having, like, money that he can, you know, disposable income. I hope he goes back and plays some of the stuff that he missed because he was too young for it, you know. I hope I can be like, hey, go, yeah. go pick up an NES and go play as you got Just do it. Let me know how it is. But I feel like... I feel like we're just going to get aged out. That's what's going to happen. And no one's going to care about the NES <laughs> anymore you know, than the Super Nintendo.
1: And we're just gonna... I don't know, man. Because it's like, you know, in the store, I there's a couple regular customers that I get that are young. That are in, I would say, late teens, very, very early 20s that come in and they buy the retro stuff. They buy the Nintendo. They buy the Super Nintendo. That's awesome, you know, man. They that buy would the like, PlayStation. make me so happy just to see that. <laughs> You know, so they they appreciate the retroness and 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 the nostalgia that comes with those games. You know, and we have we have good conversations. You know, and they're like, you know, yeah, I'm too young to uh, to appreciate these, but I'm doing it now. You know? so did you like, ever
0: ask them like how, like what got them in like why why are, like what got them to that point to be interested in that?
1: One I did. One of them uh, was like he's always liked games. You know, he grew up in the 360 Wii era, uh, so he loved games, and as he got older to make his own money, he really wanted to dive into the whole to the, to the whole video game experience, so he wanted to go back and, and relive stuff that, that he's never played, that he's never heard of, uh, you know, stuff that nice. he's heard a lot of talk about, you know, but, uh, okay, so he wants to experience it now. So his experience is going to be totally different than mine because I lived through it and it was fantastic. And a lot of those games hold a lot of nostalgia for me because I can look at a game and remember exactly what I was doing and how I felt. So for him, it's something brand new. So I just, you know, and, and I just hope he, you know, the younger generation, like really appreciate it because without those games, we wouldn't have the new games.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man, I hope my nephew, you know, gets a little bit older, gets that money. He's like, yo, what should I I get? I got this money sitting here. I'm picking up this Genesis. What should I buy? Oh, man, let me tell you. (laughs) So we'll see. So if you're younger and you're listening to this, you know, hit us up. Send us a message over on YouTube. You can, you know, send us a DM. I'm on Twitter. You guys can follow me at from NJ2CA. The two is the number two. You guys can hit me up on there. I'll tell you what to play from back in the day. I got no hair left. I can tell you what to play from back in the day. <laughs> Wes has more hair than me and he's older than me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Wes, if people want to follow you, where's the best place for that? You can follow me on Instagram at grendel5xbx uh, and again, you know, if anybody is in the Atlantic City, South Jersey area, you know, stop at Level Up Entertainment at the Hamilton Mall, you know, let's talk, let's talk video games, you know. I love talking about video games. That's right. It's a passion above
0: all else. If you guys want to follow the company, it's at NerdThusiast. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're on all those things. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to us uh, on YouTube at five star reviews, podcast services. Definitely help us out. Please go ahead and do that. And support us over on Patreon if you guys like what you heard today. Patreon.com slash nerdthusiast. You can support us for as little as $1 a month, and we would truly, truly appreciate it. Finally, thank you guys so much for watching this show. We really appreciate it. And until next time, you guys take care.
1: Have a good one, guys.